This is a limit breaking news update. Hey, Limit Break Radio fans, it's Aniro here with a Limit Breaking News update. Now, we only just recorded the show like two days ago, uh, but I thought we should spend a moment to talk about patch uh, 2.35. So I'm just going to try to run through this as quickly as I possibly can so we can get straight into the episode. We've got a great episode for you today. Coming up today on the show, uh, we're going to be talking to... Susan Calloway, the vocalist behind Answers, as well as uh, one of the vocal performers for Distant Worlds. That's coming up today on the program, so you'll definitely want to stick around for that. Uh, But let's take a look at what we got with patch 2.35. The first thing is uh, we got a bunch of Ixel Beastman Tribe quests. Uh, Unlike previous Beast Tribe quests, players will be required to craft various items in order to progress through the story. With the addition of Ixel Beast Tribe quests, a new Beast Tribe settlement and vendor has been added to the North Shroud. The wares offered by Ixel vendors uh, can be purchased with Ixel Oak Knots, a new form of currency. Uh, a bunch of new Beast Tribe quests have been added. Uh, I'm not going to bother going through all of those. Uh, some new side quests, Beast Tribe side quests, have been uh, can be accessed after completing uh, the following main quest, which is uh, reaching f- uh, it, the Ixel quest, reaching for Cloud Nine. That's the second quest in the new chain of quests. You can also take on daily Beastman Tribe quests as well as delivery quests, and there's more information about that uh, in the link on today's episode posting. Uh, So, uh, in order to craft items required for Ixel Quest, players must make use of special crafting facilities after obtaining the required materials uh, in the course of the quest. uh, uh, The player must then present them to the workshop supervisor before using their crafting facilities. After preparing the workspace, the supervisor will then furnish you with the exact amount of materials required for your task, and you will be granted access to the facility for a limited amount of time. In addition to the special crafting facilities, players must also equip a pair of Ictal Wrist Gloves, which can be acquired early in the course of the main quests. With the Ictal Wrist Gloves equipped, select the recipe designated by your quest from the Beast Tribe's Uh, section under special recipes in your crafting log to begin synthesis. In the event that you run out of time, your synthesis fails, or the item quality is not that requested by the quest giver, speak with the workshop supervisor to receive additional materials and resume your crafting attempt. Uh, Allied Beast Tribe quests have also been added, and you can find those at the link at our website, www.limitbreakradio.com. There's been a small change to treasure hunts. Leathered buried treasure maps may now yield elemental clusters instead of shards. Uh, For Grand Company changes, the following have been added to the list of items required for expert delivery missions. Weapons awarded from Primal Battles, uh, those item level 60, 70, 75, and 80. Accessories awarded from the Ultimate Weapon Battle, item level 80. Gear awarded from the Labyrinth of Ancients. Uh, Rewards issued in exchange for Behemoth Horns or Odin Mantles. Uh, Gear issued in exchange for Allegan Tombstones of Mythology. And PvP gear exchanged for Wolf Marks. Uh, Coinciding with the above adjustments, the above-mentioned items can now be sold to NPC vendors. 
the option to undertake supplier provisioning missions is now the first option to appear in the query window when speaking with the personal officer at your respective grand company headquarters. A confirmation window will now be displayed before leaving a free company or discharging a free company member. Uh, a bunch of housing changes have been uh, have been implemented. Free company members may now be discharged even if they have purchased private chambers or have stabled a chocobo. Uh, and there's uh, some additional information about that. If you'd like to read the finer details, again, link at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com. The option to purchase private chambers will now appear at the bottom of the query window when accessing the interface to move to private chambers. The following items can now be grown via gardening. Zelfatl apple, Domen pum, uh, Mamuk pear, Valfruit, Ogomoro berries, Sildelius pineapple, and Han lemon. Han lemon, one of the two. Uh, players can now feed stable chocobo snacks. The option to feed my chocobo has been added to the chocobo stable interface under tend to my chocobo. By selecting this option, players can feed their chocobo any of the following fruits. Uh, and that's pretty much all the ones that I just named. I don't want to really have to go through them again. But these items are used to change the color of your chocobo's plumage. Uh, the chocobo stable interface has been adjusted as follows. The option to rename my chocobo has been added. Players can now use subcommands to view details of other free company members' chocobos, and in the event a chocobo can no longer receive experience from training, its rank will now appear in orange. Uh, a star will now appear next to a chocobo's rank in the companion interface for every rank gained past the initial level cap. Uh, this change will make it easier to discern when your chocobo has reached the rank cap. Uh, Skywatcher NPCs have now been made available in almost every single major region, uh, and you can use those to, uh, to, to be able to uh, find out what the weather is going to be in each one of the zones. Now, on the show, we made a bunch of predictions. Well, I should say I made a bunch of predictions that hunts were going to get severely nerfed. Well, it turns out that I'm a bit of a chicken little, and I was wrong, and they didn't get nerfed as bad as I thought they were. Uh, but uh, let's take a look at some of the, the changes uh, to the battle system. Regular Mark Bills have now been adjusted as follows. Regular Mark Bills that awarded one Allied Seal will now award four Allied Seals upon completion. Regular Mark Bills that awarded two Allied Seals uh, will now award ten Allied Seals. Now here's the bit, now here's kind of the nerf and the thing that, uh, that got changed to uh, B Elite Rank Marks. Uh, the respawn time of rank B elite rank marks has been changed to five seconds. The HP of rank B elite marks has been reduced so that they can be defeated by a single player. In conjunction with the above HP reduction, the minimum contribution required to complete elite marks has been lowered. Rank B elite marks have been changed from aggressive to passive, and rank B elite marks will no longer yield rewards upon defeat. Upon defeating a rank B elite mark, players will only receive the reward granted by the elite mark bill in their possession. In conjunction with the above change, the number of allied seals awarded by elite mark bills has now been increased from 20 to 50. All players will now be assigned a different weekly elite mark. New items have been made available from the Hunt Bill Master, and uh, that's all of the seeds for the uh, color-changing uh, fruits and vegetables, and all of those cost 15 allied seals. Uh, there have been some action and trait adjustments. These are uh, PvP actions and traits. Uh, for melee DPS, Fettered Ward 
Uh, recast has been reduced from 150 to 120 seconds. Uh, enhanced Fetter Ward uh, recast time reduction enhancement has been changed from 120 to 90 seconds. For Gladiator and Paladin, for Glory Slash, a 10 Yom knockback effect has been added. Uh, for Pugilist and Monk, Axe Kick, uh, potency has been increased from 160 to 170. Enhanced Axe Kick 2 potency increased uh, has been changed from 190 to 200. Uh, for Somersault, potency has been increased from 160 to 180. Spell speed reduction additional effect duration has been increased from 10 seconds to 12 seconds. Somersault now grants the effect of Perfect Balance for 3 seconds. And Enhanced Somersault 2 now also extends the duration of Perfect Balance to 6 seconds. Uh, for Lancer and Dragoon, Impulse Rush potency has been increased from 200 to 240, and for Skewer potency has been increased from 180 to 220. For Archer and Bard, for the uh, ability Blast Shot, range has been reduced from 25 Yalms to 5 Yalms. Uh, for Thaumaturge and Black Mage, Lethargy, the effect duration has been reduced from 12 to 6 seconds. And uh, for Freeze, uh, that's for PvP only, by the way. And for Freeze, additional effect duration has been reduced from 15 to 12 seconds. Again, at PvP only. And finally, for Arcanist, Summoner, and Scholar, Aether Flow, skills such as 1, Ilm Punch, or Glory Slash can now remove any remaining stacks of Aether Flow on the selected target. Uh, the Cartano Flats Borderline Ruins has been adjusted as follows to better ensure the outcome of a, uh, of a match uh, is determined after the halfway point. The spawning time of Interceptor Nodes has been adjusted. The HP of Interceptor Drones and Interceptor Nodes has been increased, and players can now use Vote Dismiss when incapacitated. Uh, this change will not be applied to dungeons or raids. Uh, the effect of Glamour Prisms can now be applied to gear when used in the Wolves' Den or Frontlines. Uh, players can now form an alliance prior to undertaking the Labyrinth of the Ancients or Circus Tower. Uh, real quick to wrap up, a couple of item changes that have been made. Uh, you can now uh, buy Magic Stable Brooms for 20k from Junkmonger NPCs. Uh, there have been some new mounts to be added and new minions to go along with the Beastman Tribe quests, as well as some brand new emotes including slash pet and slash handover. Uh, a lot of people have been having uh, a lot of fun with those emotes, and uh, I just want to remind you that hashtag fapping the realm is still a thing. Alright, that's going to do it for our small overview of the 2.35 patch. Once again, uh, when you hear the discussions of what, what we think is going to happen in the 2.35 patch, uh, I predict uh, again and again and again that hunts are going to go through a massive nerf. I was wrong! I'm not sorry that I was wrong, but I was wrong. Uh, so uh, you can uh, feel free to ignore that or to make fun of me. Send us email, hosts at LimitBreakRadio.com. I want to remind you to stick around all the way to the end of the show. We're going to be talking to Susan Calloway, the vocalist behind Answers, as well as a vocal performer with Distant Worlds. Uh, so you want to stick around all the way till the end of today's episode to hear that interview. My name's Nero. I want to thank you for tuning in to Limit Break Radio today. We've got a great show for you. And always, keep listening. Live from Aorzea. Limit. Break. With your hosts, Amira.
I don't get it. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, a radio refrigerated. Refrigerated? Refrigerated, because we're ice cold. I am yeah. definitely not. No. I am hot. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit, bit warm in here. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we're glad that you could be here today. A very special episode today. Uh, we've got a very special guest joining us. It's not Juxta. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. Oh, well, that's right. I'm not a guest. I'm a host. Coming up today on the program, we're going to be talking to Susan Calloway. The noted Distant Worlds vocalist, also the performer responsible for the uh, the vocals on the track Answers for Final Fantasy XIV. We'll be talking to her, and we're not going to make you wait for that interview either. We're not going to do something like put it right at the end of part three. <laughs> well, we should. No, we're not going to do that. We're we're going to have we're, we're going to have Susan's interview here uh, coming up at the end of part one. So you guys aren't going to have to wait around for that uh, for too long. But welcome to the show. Uh, it's been, uh, let's see, it's been about uh, about four weeks since the last time we recorded. And, yeah, because uh, last week we didn't have any content. No, we didn't. On Tom's Day. <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, Whose and, fault is that? Uh, I'm going to blame it on Leviathan. What? <laughs> because, because uh, well, because uh, Limit, Break, Limit Break Radio Studios uh, got flooded uh, the basement got flooded. Fortunately, none of our de- gear got damaged. Although, to be fair, it was because none of our gear got flooded because I suggested not to put the studio in the basement. And Aniro was like this close to putting it in the basement despite because it's colder down there. But I'm like, no, no, that's not, not true. These not guys, good idea. these guys have been pushing Juxta the hero. The, these guys exactly Juxta the hero. These guys have been pushing me to tr- to put the stuff in the basement for weeks and weeks because it gets so hot in the studio room and i get it it does it gets hot and sometimes it's really unbearable but there's a very very good reason that i don't move the studio down into the basement and that's why so um but uh but as soon coming up here soon in in the next couple like you know three months or so uh we're actually going to be moving w- uh, the location of our studios not not because of the leviathan threat or le- or anything but uh but we're going to be moving our studios so there's there'll probably be some downtime because of that um but uh but thanks for uh thanks for you know uh uh hanging with us uh during uh, our little bit of a break um so by the way i'm Nero gregory joining me today uh we've got juxtaposition as well as nika kayanian how you guys doing I'm doing great. Good. I'm on time today. Yes, you are. Yay! Uh, we are minus Akalo and Escalia for this episode. Although I wait, wait who? I understand. Uh, yeah, who is right? Uh, but here in the world is Escalia. Escalia <laughs> has become the new generation gamer, hasn't he? I think. Uh, yeah. 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 It's. Good there, job. There, there must always be a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I, but I understand. Kahlo might be joining us later. I don't know. Is that true, Juxta? Might you are, be. You are his keeper. Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> profess. Scary. Yeah, I don't profess to keep anything of Kahlo. He is. 
Yeah. So I was we, able we, to elude him today, so. We we might have Kala joining us later from uh, from a satellite location, a mysterious location. Um, so, yeah, that's possible. But we got a lot of ta- got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, there has been the uh, the live letter that went down. That was on uh, August 11th. Uh, we also got to talk about some of the uh, FF14, A Realm Reborn, one-year anniversary stuff. And we'll, we've also got our interview with Susan. That's all coming up today. So uh, why don't we jump right in with uh, the, the Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, one-year anniversary. Hold on, pause. Oh, God. I have an update. What? I am now professional. Yes. I, you, what? Yeah. Congratulations. I, I am a professional. All to 50? Yep. That's, all to 50. Yeah. Good job. And I basically have Goldsmith at 50. I just have to uh, have my friend craft me all the high-quality items, and then I'll just turn them in, and then I'm 50. Basically <laughs> <laughs> 50, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they've, they've all been bought, so that's all, that's all crafting jobs are, is buying stuff and then turning it into leaves right yeah that's all Pretty you do much. for it? yeah actually yeah. I, don't yeah. think, I, think, I don't think you do anything else for them nothing so we are broadcasting <laughs> live we are broadcasting live from eorzea here's our uh here's our studio today and uh-oh I oh stood you stood up, up. Stood oh up. my oh, god oh look at this oh there's uh, oh my oh, gosh there was that. ui this I know. is so terrible for the second week in a row right get that, get that hud out of here um but uh but thanks everyone for joining us today uh we've actually got our hosts in our in their seats we don't have to use stand-ins this time, although Sylite <laughs> well, is, yeah. is sitting in Kahlo's yeah. seat. So We have uh, Silo standing in, <laughs> sitting in, Calite. pinking in. Uh, so, uh, there's, my, there's my onion night. So, so thanks, everyone, for, uh, for hanging out in, uh, in the studio with us today. You're um, welcome. Yay. So uh, if you'd like to join us, where, where are we? We're in room number 10. I posted it earlier. Um, let me see if... Uh-oh. I lost my lost my screen hang on uh i i tweeted this out earlier but if you'd like to join us uh in the lbr studio quote unquote uh we're room number 10 plot 11 second ward and lavender beds on the uh, sergeantana server so uh if you'd like to join us uh you can feel free so we are going to be taking callers at some point during the episode if you'd like to do that uh you can uh queue up already uh by uh by submitting uh, uh, just just send a chat over to the uh, uh, Skype email or the Skype account name Limit Break Radio. Uh, you can also give us a call. The, uh, the number is 810-515-8715 if you'd like to be a caller. Uh, if if you call, we might not be able to get to you right away, uh, but uh, but we will try to get to you as fast as uh, as fast as we can. And the more efficient way to get a hold of us is through Skype as opposed to calling because uh, uh, that's like a one shot to answer and we have no way to put you on hold. So uh, if, uh, if you want to, again, uh, uh, Skype account name Limit Break Radio uh, or 810 810- 515-8715. Can they leave voicemails? They can. If you do, uh, if, if we don't get to your call, uh, you can feel free to leave a, a voicemail. Uh, we have set up a voicemail box. Um, so, uh, so yeah, do, do that. 
if if you feel like it. So uh, let's talk about the Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn one year anniversary. Uh, Square Enix just set up a uh, a page for this. Uh, you can find all the links uh, either at our website limitbreakradio.com or on uh, on the uh, the Lodestone main page. Um, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, is going on for this one year anniversary. Square Enix is going all out for this. Uh, among them, there's going to be a 14 hour live stream. Uh, that's going to happen Friday, August 22nd from 11 p.m. Eastern to Saturday, August 23rd, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I I have no idea what to expect from this. Uh, I know what we should expect. We what? should expect what? an LBR stream live, 15-hour live stream. <laughs> no. Just, fine. Just to one-up them. We can one-up them. I'm not not doing that. I bet we beat them in viewers. We've already one-upped them because we've done the 24-hour stream, so... But we have to do it during theirs. Oh, during theirs. <laughs> direct, <laughs> direct, direct, direct competition. competition. Yeah, compete for their viewers. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's that's a great idea. Uh, there's also a free login campaign that's happening Friday, August 22nd, from 7 a.m. Eastern to Monday, August September first, or uh, Monday September 1st uh, at 7 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the Moonfire Fair that's going on right now. Uh, as evidence, as everyone is wearing yukatas, yukatas, yeah. Um, so there's the the dance for that. I don't I don't ever do any of these any of these the dances events. are so worth it though the bomb one is kind of lame no it isn't please why don't you show us nico i i will show you it looks like this <laughs> oh just right into the middle of the desk <laughs> Do you really have no decency come on <laughs> sorry God. clap 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 <laughs> right yeah, it's, in, it's and again really, into the desk yeah it's, it's <laughs> very rude nice there you go. nice clipping thank you for that thanks uh so uh, that's uh, th- there's a screenshot uh, contest that's attached to that. That's running until September 10th. Um, let's see. Uh, we've also got an event called The Rising. That's happening between August 27th and September 8th. Not really clear what that is. I think it's... Um, it looks... It's, like, they, hmm. they showed off some big-ass firework that, that looked like kind of like Dalman, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I tried to read up on these last night, but uh, the Chateau, the Chantoto event is coming back. That's between August 19th and August 28th. The lightning, yes! lightning returns again. Oh, God. Now, these are the same events we've already had. Yeah, right? The, right. these are. Yeah, it, it's it, your second chance to get them. If in you case it. you missed it, uh, it's it's your chance to to go back and do these. Lightning returns is between September first and September tenth. Uh, the Dragon Quest Ten uh, event is between September fourteenth and September twenty third. That's okay because poof poof, poof 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 poof. Uh, that's actually a Dragon Quest X. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, not an O. It's an X. I see. It's uh, not, not an I or a C. It's an X. <laughs> Tales from the yeah. the uh, the five part series Tales from the Calamity uh, is going to be happening uh, August fifteenth through September twelfth. The first one featuring Merylweb is up, uh, which it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, there's a nice little reference in there to the Warriors of Light. Um, Hold on, pause. What? Someone in the chat pause says, again. Someone says there's an additional reward for the Dragon Quest X one. Apparently, I did hear that. Yeah. Well, why oh, do you say cool. it? I didn't hear that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Why don't you say that if you heard it, a Nero? Don't be trying to lie through your. I don't remember what the reward is. Well, you could have said, "I think there is another reward this time," because mm. I didn't know. Nika didn't know. You knew. 
whatever. Wow. No, no wonder Bluett doesn't think we're good reporters because we forget information. You, you just left that out. Uh, it's a slime crown. A slime crown? Yes. Sweet. According to Kea Uchinoma. According to... So if it's wrong, blame that person. I'm going to go with Carletta telling me. The uh, there is a casting call for background characters uh, for uh, future cutscenes in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the submission uh, period is open uh, through August twenty fifth. Uh, the Orzean Census is going to be happening at the Tokyo Game Show. That's between September eighteenth and the twenty first. That's always interesting. I always I always thought the the Vonadillion Census data was really interesting. So it'll be nice to see. Wait, double pause. The what, casting what? call? Yes, casting call. Are you? Are have you, you blind? Have you not read the fucking outline? Well, I, don't, I read it, but I didn't actually understand it. So does that mean like we could have LBR as background characters? Or yes. is that like actual NPCs already in the thing? Well, yeah, you basically submit different images of your character. It's global, so good luck getting picked. And you'll be a background <laughs> character in like the main story or like... Anika, I don't know if you know, but we kind of have 43 listeners already. We're kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I forget. As long as Juxta is not a background character. Uh, Juxta is. You're right. Juxta is the foreground character. (laughs) I'm the leading man. (laughs) I think they said they're picking people for the main story and for Hildebrand Quest. So. (gasps) Oh my God. That would be the best thing ever is if I could be part of Hildebrand. Oh, Square so Enix. Square Enix, you're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got so, tingly. Uh, there's the Orizan census, and then there's going to be messages from the developers starting August 27th. Uh, so that's the bulk of, uh, of what's happening uh, surrounding the one-year anniversary event for uh, Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. Uh, it's a busy month for them. Wow. I, I, yeah, I, it's really busy considering like, the past couple months have been pretty devoid of all events. I just event can't stuff. believe it's been a year already. I can't, I can't either. It, it has been... God, it, it's, that's crazy. A year. A year. A year. But I mean, the, uh, how long was how long was 1.0 out before they canned it? It's been well. That was what 1.0 came out like four years ago, and it was and it was around. It was like like servers were operating for what at least two years. Yeah, yeah. Right. So maybe two and a half. There was definitely not this level of fanfare with with 1.0's one year anniversary. <laughs> that is for I damn don't remember sure. anything from that. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. It's all Yoshi. Uh, so Gamescom is happening right now uh, and still uh, info uh, from out at Gamescom has been a little bit sparse Um, but on August 11th we did get the uh, live letter from the producer Uh, it's what 15 is that number 15 16 16 I don't know 16 16. 16. that number says 16 so Uh, so wow yeah uh, How did you get Dragon Quest Ten, but not Live Letter Sixteen? <laughs> you know, I was being facetious about the whole X thing, right? Uh, no, no, I didn't. What does facetious mean? Uh, it means not real, fake. Uh, okay. So we had the Live Letter Sixteen, uh, and uh, we should. There's there was some interesting stuff that they talked about. Uh, uh, let's let's just start off with uh, with front lines, uh, best lines. You've been doing a lot of front lines, haven't you? I've been trying to, but as of the last couple of days, I've been having upwards of 40-minute queues. Ooh. Which is terrible. Really? That is that is pretty terrible. Yeah, it's 
it's at, and it's at prime time too so like you know six o'clock eight o'clock at night hmm what do you I'll think tell you why everyone's doing hunt yeah i know fuck hunts it doesn't really seem like there's that many people doing hunts though like i mean there's a fair amount of people but it seems like i don't know maybe five or six parties like in total have you done hunts oh yeah i've been doing hunts all the time Hmm. it's pretty much all i've been doing almost anytime i see a nero on he's doing hunts pretty much when i when i I did eighth right radio yesterday i did nothing but hunts the whole time i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) about which about both good job <laughs> so uh so front lines uh so uh, they apparently they've been receiving a lot of positive feedback and due to its popularity uh they are proactively looking into adding new maps and rules um so that's pretty cool additionally they'll be making adjustments uh to jobs for pvp in patch 2.35 uh with th- further adjustments to come in patch 2.4 uh we've also been receiving feedback that uh, be, uh because you cannot sort the pvp results displayed at the end of a match it's hard to award commendations to players so we'll be making an adjustment to this as well pvp requires constant adjustment to remain viable uh, a, a viable gameplay option and we plan on doing just that so uh that that's pretty cool um yeah it's a really big pain because i have to scroll down all the way to the j's to see how well i did yeah and then i can only like compare myself to whoever's next to j so i like that idea a lot Cool, cool. Uh, Frontline was designed to have an equal playing field and to ensure that uh, it can be enjoyed by everyone. Uh, We do not plan on implementing morale or any other PvP parameters in place of morale to increase the power of players in Frontline. However, I understand that the PvP gear that can be purchased with Wolf Marks is weaker stat-wise compared to other equipment of the same item level since it uh, since the effects of morale are ignored. Uh, so we will be making adjustments to this. Uh, that's interesting. It, you sound you sounded pretty exasperated by that, Chuxa. Well, I mean, the whole point of PvP gear is to have an edge against people who don't have PvP gear in PvP. And if the PvP gear makes you weaker than people who don't have PvP gear in PvP, then don't call it PvP gear, call it glamour gear. Well, okay. it works in the Nobody does yeah, no, other no, PvP. nobody does that. It's no. Wolves Den does not count. Yeah, I don't think anyone does Wolves Den. Whenever I do uh, my PvP, I always queue up for all three of the front or Wolves Den things and front lines, and front lines always pops first. And I do that just to try to get a challenge login, but it never happens. Nobody does Wolves Den. Womp womp. It sucks. But then there's people like me who I do a lot of the other content in the game, and I would hate to not ever be able to do PvP because everyone's ahead of me, and I would just instantly die every time I go into PvP. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, it. Uh, I- I'm saying it's good to have front lines be introductory PvP where PvP morale doesn't work, but it's also not good to have PvP gear that has no use. So, I well, mean, it sounds like they're adjusting it. Yeah. So we'll how they how they think they're going to fix that? We'll see how they adjust it. Uh, here's one of the questions from the Q and A. Please increase the participant cap for front lines. Uh, frankly speaking, the more participants... <laughs> why? Why you know, do we don't more? have enough participants as is. I know. Yeah, we're getting uh, down to two and one alliance. 
PVPs. But I, I, I think I, I, I think Yoshi makes a great point here. Uh, frankly speaking, uh, the more participants there are, the less exciting the match becomes. For example, right now, the number of participants is such that if your party is... Uh, uh, if you're the party that is in charge of the center, uh, you have to consider whether or not you should stay in the center and focus on the drones the entire time. If you spend all your time camped out there, there, uh, there will be less people maintaining the strongholds below. Uh, so the player in the middle, uh, the players in the middle are often. Uh, often in charge of looking out for the outposts. However, if there were to uh, increase the number of participants, matches would become unbalanced and players would just wait at the top of uh, uh, wait at the, uh, the at the top leading into uh, an all out battle. Uh, we would uh, need to create special maps for increased participant numbers. Uh, so I'm not saying that it that we won't consider this in the future. Uh, but at the moment, I think players are enjoying themselves with the current balance. Would you agree with that, Juxta? Yes, although maybe not exactly how he says. Adding more alliances would probably force players to change their tactics a bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't. But yeah, I don't think we need more alliances in front lines. Fair enough. Nika, have you done any front lines at all? I joined front lines once and then it instantly ended. You nub. <laughs> what? You nub. <laughs> I spend all my time like leveling things or doing coil. That's all I do. So you joined one that was in progress of already like 10 minutes or so? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You got lucky then. <laughs> I didn't win, so it, it wasn't really that Well, you lucky, didn't play so. either, so in that case, you did win. <laughs> well, I ran, I ran out, I hit someone, and then it was over. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually kind of odd because most of the time, uh, frontline people don't leave when they're losing because they don't want to waste all the marks that they would have lost. You know? Yeah, gotten, I don't know. So I don't know. It's wow, it's really odd, actually. Maybe someone disconnected and they booted them. Oh, that could be. That could be. So uh, you know, there's a lot that's been said about uh, about hunts. A lot of people asking about hunts at Gamescom. Uh, we're hearing some rumors out of Gamescom that the uh, 2.35 patch might seriously nerf hunts. I think it's pretty friggin' weird that we're one day out from a patch and we have not seen even preliminary patch notes. I think that that's super weird. That's a little bit ominous. I think I think SE I think SE might be trying to avoid uh, a pre shitstorm before this this patch drops. I don't know. I don't. They didn't really say what they were going to do. All I saw is that this is not what we intended. We intended people to just randomly find them and shout for help and not have the whole server come running. Um, they didn't really say whether they were nerfing or completely changing the system. I don't think it's going to be a giant epic nerf. I think it is. I'm predicting that it's going to be. I mean, w- people are going to like like Ranger nerf rage about this. Like, it's going to be that level. It's going to well, be the first real big nerf that FF14 is going to get. Uh, maybe. I mean, they're definitely increasing rewards from daily marks. Like, I haven't done daily marks since like the first. Who does now. daily marks? <laughs> no. Why? Exactly. Why? Exactly. Why? They're definitely increasing that to make it a little bit more desirable. You can just go and get. A- some seals more and that's fine i think that's totally fine daily marks do need an adjustment i don't know why anyone would waste their time with daily marks uh it's pointless you get so much more out of just hunting elite marks um yeah it's just and plus you got a fate camp for for some of that that's the which is 
Yeah, it doesn't I even tell you which phase they have to figure it out. <laughs> and it uses up a slot in your key items list. Yeah, so that's why I don't do it. Oh, because because <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Okay. What? I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think. I so think it is. I am willing to put Gil on this. Oh, really? Oh, oh, really? Okay. I'll bet anyone. I'll bet you, Nero. I'll bet you, Nika. I bet 500k that the fallout or the excuse me that the nerf isn't giant big epic nerf. No, but I agree with you, so I'm not betting this. Okay, <laughs> Nero. Uh, I'm not going to take it because I because uh, you're not sure. Because I, yeah, you don't trust yourself. No, I don't. That I I do trust myself. I don't I don't see it. I I, I mean I I'm willing to put put you know stupid predictions out into the oh but you don't want to the open no i don't want to have to back that up no no, no, no okay no, no, no. all right well i guess that's i guess that's why you're in radio then okay okay that's how it is. <laughs> although i have i've been right about so much shit in the past are you right about this i don't know we'll see i i do know we'll see we'll see if i'm 500k we'll, i know <laughs> i mean you're you are talking to the guy who predicted the calamity here so but, but you're not the guy who predicted the big nerf of the hunts. Mm, you could be. I could be. Are you? I'm just not. I, well, I just don't. I don't. I don't have yeah. the gill. I don't have the gill to back it up. <laughs> you don't have gill. No, I. I mean, I. I have some. You're, gill. you're I poor. I don't have. You're the poor. K. Get out of the poor. <laughs> you don't have 500k. How are you going to make your? I novice? do have 500k. How are you going to make your novice? Uh, d- uh, b- poorly and slowly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in in regards to hunts, uh, it's sometimes t- difficult to complete daily mark bills uh, because required fates don't spawn very often. Uh, with will there be any changes uh, to make completion of daily mark bills even easier? Uh, in the case of Atma, we've received a fair amount of feedback that fates are not occurring often enough, and that we will continue making adjustments to the frequency with which they occur. However, having fates occur too frequently would uh, deviate somewhat from the original concept. So we'll be making adjustments to fates with the lowest frequency. Not really an answer, but okay. Uh, uh, so do you have any plans on adding elite marks that are higher uh, higher in rank than S? Uh, if we were to add elite marks that are higher than S rank, they would have to be on the same level as Odin or Behemoth. That isn't uh, to say that we haven't discussed it, uh, but we definitely plan to add new elite marks uh, uh uh, to add new elite marks as we move forward. Uh, and with the development uh, of the expansion underway, we'd like to look into ranks that are above rank S. Uh, we'd also like to prioritize discussions about possibly making Odin and Behemoth a bit stronger. Uh, and the big thing that I noticed is that... No word on mob loading issues. None. None at all. Which is That's the big, Which is the biggest problem with hunts. And, and Odin and Behemoth, if I'm, if I'm honest. Uh, they fixed that with Odin and Behemoth. They, yeah, they said they fixed it, but it's still clearly a problem. People have the problem all the time. I experience the still? problem all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, since they fixed it, I have I've not, either, there's I, never been a time where I couldn't see Odin. Uh, well, not, not Odin, but S-rank mobs... Uh, sometimes oh, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. odin but i've even put like my my character loading like to the lowest setting that it can possibly be and i still get get times where i'll be in you know the mob will be sitting at 60 percent and it'll doop, disappear Upgrade i usually have to like run like past the mob and spin my camera towards the ground and then it'll show up i just i just <laughs> go in and start flashing that's what i do i it, that that seems to work so 
I don't know if it computer. actually hits if you're not if you don't see it though. Because I know with Odin, you spamming freeze didn't work, or mm. Blizzard Two didn't work unless you could see it. But it might work. Really? Well, the other thing that you can do is if you see somebody else who you know is attacking it, you can target that person and then see who they're, tar- you know, what the mob they're targeting is, and then click it that way. That's the oh. other way to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so uh, there have been a couple of questions on Circus Tower. Juxta, do you want to take these? Sure. All right. Uh, question. There are a lot of players who go into Circus Tower in order to obtain an uh, UAT tombstone or an Oil of Time, and it's a waste that no one is casting lots for any of the equipment. Could you put these items on a separate loot restriction? And uh, they said, as all these items are meant to enhance players, they've been set to a single loot restriction. We'd like to we'd like players to decide whether they want an enhancement or a gear for Glamours each week. Additionally, the equipment that can be obtained from Circus Tower can be used for your secondary job, so if you feel it's a waste, please feel free to lot on it. I believe that was an ice burn at the end. <laughs> That's, I, I, don't, I feel like they should make them separate. I ones. do, too. I think that they should be separate loot pools. And No, because then it's going to make that much harder for, for you to get the tombstone or the oil of time. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I mean, in that case, every I mean that's true because then you'll be lotting against everyone. Whereas right. true. Versus for people who actually just want to yeah. go for the bard hat or whatever. Yeah, but but to to, to play it off as uh, all of these items are meant to enhance players, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Circus Tower gear is not. There, that's not a gear. I, mean, I geared up my my, my third job with it. So yeah, I mean, I mean it's like uh, okay, I, yeah. No, but there's there's so many. I don't know. There's so many better pieces that are easier to get. What do you mean better to? Or but it, to not get? if it's for your third job because I'm using my soldiery and my coil drops in my first and second job. So then my third yeah. job is through Secret Tower, right? Yeah, but still, I don't think that that's I, necessarily. I still think I still think that's better. a that's a, that's a bullshit answer. But whatever. I think you're a bullshit answer. Whatever. Uh, I don't I just I don't do circus tower like I just I just don't I I mean either I don't have time or I'm doing hunts or if you like the glamour then I'm sure you would be doing I usually more. go in with yeah, the mentality the, of like I need any monk piece or a tombstone or oil whichever one I managed to get first so then that way I don't really feel upset if I wait all the way till the end and then don't get something yeah, I'll just yeah. lot on whatever right that's that's actually kind of what I do now is I'm trying to get uh, paladin glamour or an oil now. You want that paladin set? I have pretty much everything except for the body. Oh, the, oh it's all so hideous. Actually, only the body the is, is only the body is hideous. Because <laughs> everything else actually works really well with that uh, the new eighty gear from the new dungeons. Oh, really? It does. Huh. Okay, we'll think about that. And I was actually going to try to get the body because then if you like wear the body and then plus like a crown, then you mm. kind of look like a king. Look at my monk, my monk gear. This is I like the monk gear too. I was actually kind of sad that that's not the tank gear. Yeah, I'm yeah, me too. It yeah, it's pretty bulky and like straight. I don't have the pants, but other than that, it's it's. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that set more than than the tank set for sure. Um, I don't. I I I was actually I like the I was, caster gear too. I was kind of thinking about replacing my body glamour. Uh, with the uh, with the uh, uh, allied seal body piece, I don't know which great... one that is for you, but basically all of the allied seal gear is amazing. Looking. Yeah, it it does. It looks it looks spectacular. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot of you know, it's a lot of seals. It's only a thousand. That's not that much. That's, that's just a, one. That's one good night of farming. That's a that's a sand. Yeah, no, that's that's a sand and some. That's a sand and a quarter. 
or yeah. a third a third sand and a third I, I can't get a thousand in one night I, how, how long I, is your night huh how long is your night uh i don't know i don't usually like like spurge about it you know like, like I'm four not, hours I'm not, I'm not poop socking or anything four hours yeah like oh my four, god four or five so hours much. that's yeah. a long time that's not that much it's not uh, it's a long time to do fucking hunts i like doing hunts so hunts are terrible no they're not i can do hunts for like two hours before i need to do i something. feel like hunts are abyssia in final fantasy 14 i no said way. it i said god, it get out of here i, I said it get the fuck this. out what think about it in abyssia what do you do you camp nms to make to get gear in this what are you doing you're camping nms to get gear except in 14 instead of being in one zone the entire world is your camp you know i i i really want you know what i want to see make a return i want to see pop items make a return yeah i could see it yeah yeah i mean not I as not a, do something not as like a part of hunts but just as a separate like nm system like uh uh yeah uh, uh i'm willing to bet with the expansion there'll be something similar yeah pop pop item nms that would uh that would be nice all right back to circus tower oh you're right 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 yeah yeah uh will the story be completed in the next update of uh crystal tower uh patch 2.4 bring the next update of coil of bahamut and the patch after that we'll see the continuation of crystal tower we're planning to wrap up the story at that time. We originally planned to introduce the Forbidden Land Eureka, but we weren't able to replicate the appropriate atmosphere. Uh, Eureka is a place filled with treasure, and there is a problem with what we could do about the famous magic shops. Uh, also, we've been thinking about thinking about about if we could somehow change the fact that this place is housed. A number of legendary weapons and we're just discuss- discussing this making this separate i have no well, idea what any of that is supposed to yeah be. eureka <laughs> sounds interesting well that, uh, i assume that was like the last zone in final fantasy 3 i think it was yeah i, I don't so. I, I just bought ff3 again for my psp so i i think i should, it probably might be a good idea to go through and play it i don't remember anything about eureka but yeah i mean that sounds interesting i don't know what he's talking about with magic shops and legendary weapons but gotta whatever. buy your spells or your gimp <laughs> oh god yeah that doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all know, none of this makes sense this. no well it makes sense he's talking about what it was like in final fantasy 3 and you probably had magic shops where you had to buy the last tier of magic oh, and probably. legendary weapons they had to defeat but a boss i don't boss think they for. need to replicate final fantasy 3 exactly in an mmo there's no reason like they could just not have those things i don't know well if they want to stay true to their original source material then they have to be as close as possible to it right and when when people think of Eureka, what do they think of? Awesome weapons, treasure, magic shops. Apparently, frankly, I have no idea. Well, I don't I mean, have any. That, I don't, and I don't think that many people actually think much of anything when they think of Eureka because not a lot of people played Final Fantasy. Yeah, um, Second Freak in our chat says that it was a little area inside Crystal Tower where you could buy all the ultimate spells, and it was crazy expensive. Okay, well there you go. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows? I mean, yeah, that's probably why they they weren't sure because you don't buy magic in this game. I don't know. I, I uh, maybe they could like have like the monsters drop some sort of currency and then you have your parties buy it at the. Sh- I don't fucking know. They t- they don't sound very keen on the, on the idea anyway. So we'll we'll let them figure that out. Previously, you mentioned that going to the moon would be interesting, but do you have any information that you could share about the instanced allied raid to follow Crystal Tower? 
Our plans at the moment are progressing smoothly, and for the next Alliance Raid series will be something original for Final Fantasy XIV. It will not be related to a past Final Fantasy game. It will be likely something you have imagined up until now, so you'll have to wait to find out. All the lore has been completed, and we're planned out how everything will develop for the most part. Once I give the okay on all the details, we'll gradually build the level designs, but I don't know if there's going to be going to the moon or not. That's pretty silly. Like, as in, like, Dalamud, right? Or No. Probably or, not. like, the actual moon? I think, well, actual moon, Final Fantasy IV, come on. That was that endgame. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. What? Seriously? Was, what is that grumbling? Go, go to Meteor. <laughs> like, I, don't, I think it's silly, but... You are playing a Final Fantasy game. Fair enough. We've been to the moon before. This is not new territory. I just think it would it would be kind of hokey. Okay, then let's start adding time travel to this game and see how that turns out. Uh, that's that's nope. WoW's territory. Okay, well, let's move on to the other other subjects. Can you please? What, what, no, 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 no. Let's no? let's let's let Nika take care of the other. No, what? Because yeah, you read terribly. You read terribly. <laughs> I can read. I'll do it. Okay, let's see Yay. you read. <laughs> Nika's a teacher. Come on. All right, teach yep. us, Nika. I will teach you. Okay. Um, question one. Oh, sorry. Uh, they ask, can you please make it so that the equipment drops in instance raid dungeons are uh, drop more than crafting materials? Oh, my God. Yes, please. please. But their answer is not very um, happy to me. They said, when I can find the time, I've been playing through my fair share of dungeons, and I came across someone that looked just like an NPC. I was really impressed with their choice of gear, but because their set wasn't complete, they've continuously or they've been continuously doing high-level dungeons to get the items they need, but the crafting materials are dropping instead. Since the popularity of glamours have been increasing, I'll be talking to the item team and looking into adjustments. So I guess that means they're going to do it someday. But I hate when I run an entire dungeon and all that drops is, like, void scent blood. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Potash. Also, Coke. As, at least at least I think the final boss should always drop gear. The rest of the bosses I can understand, but the final boss, you get all the way to the end and you get, like, something really stupid. Yeah, I've still I've still not seen the, uh, the, the helmet for the set that I'm currently wearing, so... I feel uh, like I have the, the tank helmet. body dropped when I wasn't on tank and the tank took it. I was so sad. I feel like the last boss should drop three items if it's going to be crafting. Three things of coke or three. Yeah, and it should always be potash. one of the, like the expensive ones, like potash or coke, and not something that's worth like twenty gold. Cooking sherry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, it's fucking terrible. All right. Next question: Will you be adding new ways to obtain allied seals in the future? They said, as we have just introduced allied seals, we do not have any plans of immediately adding new ways to obtain them. And I feel like the people actually want this. Yeah. Crazy. Um, This doesn't mean it won't happen in the future, as we realize it's not ideal to have players solely focusing on hunts. As I mentioned earlier, first, we'd like to work on the overall adjustments. I suppose they just want less people doing hunts. That's why they want. We're thinking of that. It's going to be such an epic nerf. I'm telling you, it's going to be so bad. There's going to be so much raging. I don't believe you. I feel like if they nerf it, though, less people are... I mean, more people are going to want to do it because you get less from it, so they're going to be focusing on it more to get more, which is not going to be good. I totally agree with you, but I, I think that at this point, they're just... I mean... It'd be it's so I, dumb to nerf it now. They haven't... Look, uh, all credit to the dev team, they have not overreacted on anything yet. Yeah. They've avoided the whole, you know, like... 
in every MMO, there's always some sort of nerf drama, right? Knee jerk reaction. Knee jerk reaction, exactly. Uh, and the dev team has been really, really good about skirting all of that. They've been really, really good. I don't know that they're going to do it this time because so much of it seems so reactionary. And it seems, and it seems reactionary on like, on like the community level. Like we were talking last time, it's like the, 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 competitive competitiveness and ill will that sort of came out of hunts but like i found that that shit really died down after the first like three weeks people, All, people started working together yeah against each other yeah exactly we've Side got we've us. got we've got more hunt stuff to talk about we've got a block of hunt discussion in, in part two so we'll we'll save more of that for part two all right uh, the next question was, will you be introducing bosses in the future similar to Giruviganas from Stone Vigil Hard Mode where you have to adjust your strategy based on the monster's movement? They said, with the current difficulty level, players have been able to clear it quite well. We implemented this based on feedback from those asking for more random elements where you have to decide what to do based on the enemy's movement instead of dodging after seeing four warnings. We'll be adding more challenges like this in the future, so please look forward to trying them out. That boss That's, is so boring. It, yeah, especially for a tank. Yeah. I just sort of and just chase the things around. It's yeah, really it's really not my favorite. Especially since I get, I get the like the whole dodging thing and reading the boss. That's that's fine and all, but then he just turns and instantly does heat breath and you can't dodge it. And I feel like that makes the fight shitty because then it's like, oh, I got hit because there's nothing I can do about it. I feel like half the time I don't even pay attention because I'm geared enough that I don't care if he hits me. So I'm just I just beat on it. I don't even pay attention to its random elements, which again makes the boss fight kind of pointless. So. Yeah, no, I I agree. In fact, all of the bosses in Stone Vigil are just like you could. They're really boring for tank the cannon yeah the cannon one is silly too but yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting concept but it's it's boring i don't know i like stone vigil because all the bosses are easy and there's no chance of wiping unlike the only boss that i feel like i've ever wiped on was in uh tam tara hard mode when that's when the dps sucked and they couldn't kill the crawling ads fast enough oh yeah yeah that still happens occasionally. And uh, and when DPS are stupid, they put an AOE on the ground on the archer boss in the first... The first uh, oh, my God. It's, just don't hit the ads, stack up, and just, just let it go. Yeah. But, I don't know. All right, moving on. Um, with patch 2.4 and the implementation of Rogue and Ninja, there will be more DPS. So do you plan on adding more full party encounters similar to Circus Tower with the one tank, five DPS, two healer party composition? Um, for trials and duties requiring a large number of players, such as Crystal Tower in PvE or Frontline in PvP, we plan on matching players by completely ignoring roles or by having slightly different role compositions. However, for most duties that require a full party, we do not have any plans of changing the standard of 2 tank, 4 DPS, 2 healer composition. For, for the final chapter of the Coil of Bahamut that is planned for 2.4, this will also require 2 tank, 4 DPS, 2 healer composition. So look forward to tank swapping! Yay. Also, while I'm on the topic of the final chapter of Coiled Bahamut, I've gotten quite upset here and there because they are doing a lot of things I was worried about whether or not it was okay to spend the amount of money on what they were creating. However, we've been working really hard on this as it is the grand finale of the Seventh Umbral Era. We hope you all will enjoy the epic conclusion of the Binding Coil of Bahamut. Wait, what does that even mean? I don't they've know. upset that they're doing a lot of things I was worried about whether no it was okay I... to spend money on? Yeah, that's, 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 that's very I weird. Mean, does that uh, mean that, like I pretty much you can solo tank every turn of second coil? So 
it's i mean it sounds like that he's not happy with how much like cost and production went into coil of bahama maybe i don't know maybe there's like maybe there's a lot of cutscenes involved with the last coil or maybe there's a big finale cutscene that they're spending a lot of time and money on i don't know i don't know what that means i don't know Um, it means coil sucks you hear to hear first folks yoshi p (laughs) Uh, I, I I do think that this is uh, that this is interesting. Where do you think the uh, the final coil uh, the actual like place of it is going to be? I, I don't know. I just I mean I feel like you're going to end up fighting Bahamut in the end. <laughs> well, I would hope so. It's <laughs> That's the only prediction I can make from that. Honestly, I don't. As of location, I really. I think don't. it's the Burning Wall out in uh, Thanalan. Maybe. I mean, every time you exit Coil, after you beat Coil turn five and turn nine, you exit in Northern Thanalan, like, up at the top. There's, mm-hmm. like, that, like, burning little crystal area. Yeah, a little yeah, bit to the talons of Dalmund, yeah. Yeah, 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 where the Chimera fate is up right, there. Right, right. So, I mean, maybe, or maybe we get to be on, like, a reincarnated Dalamud or something. That would be weird and kind of cool <laughs> well there's the, uh, the only reason i say that the the burning wall is because that there's a there's a path that's currently blocked by some red rocks that looks like it goes into some there is some kind of elegant uh archway or something um so i definitely think there's going to be something there at some point i i'm i'm because it, it would make sense the the first binding coil is in linosia second binding coil is in shroud third binding coil will be in thanalan Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, All right. One more question. All right. They said, in a previous interview, you mentioned that you were aiming to continue Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn for over 10 years. But at the moment, just how far have you planned into the future? They said, well, we are already roughly thinking about where and what players will be doing in 4.0, which is to come after the next expansion we are calling 3.0. We have a rough theme in mind and are continuing to plan this. Additionally, we've been planning out what kind of new features we will be preparing. So with that said, we are already about four years into the future planning-wise. Naturally, 5.0 and beyond is a blank slate. All of the main planning for version 3.0 has pretty much been completed. That's a pretty that's some pretty impressive pre-planning. Yeah, they're planning planning almost two expansions ahead yeah it's pretty good that's that uh, you, that's definitely more forethought than 1.0 ever got right uh definitely <laughs> i don't think they even knew where it was going past like the next two patches much less expansion yeah yep. i don't think an expansion was ever talked about in 1.0 yeah i don't i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so as as something that happens so far off in the distance maybe um but uh, it's interesting that they're calling you know like they're calling version 3.0 and version 4.0 um i've heard that you know the expansion should have as much content as a realm reborn did yeah Um, i've heard that too so i mean and that's that's considerable that's a lot i mean what do you It it is but at the same time it's also not that much either i mean think about what uh think of all the features that were introduced after 2.0 hit yeah, that's true. Well, if you think about it, Coil, the first Coil of Bahamut was out when 2.0 came out. Yep. So and they're so they're planning on having probably as some kind of end game content as well as probably leveling new stuff. Right, right. I'd f- hope so. Yeah. 
just end 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 game content after and 3.0 uh, we were talking a little bit about this on uh, on the Eighth Right Radio five year ep- uh, anniversary episode uh, yesterday, uh, but I think uh, I, and and I I somebody said this and I, I happen to agree with them. Uh, I think that we'll see Corthus. We'll see the rest of Corthus kind of get unlocked Ugh, and guard. And I think we'll start making our way towards Alamigo. Those are, yeah, I think okay. I think those that. those are the zones that they're going to open up because I mean keep in mind in 1.0 there were parts of the Corthus map that I don't think anyone has ever seen because there were high level like level seventy mobs there that, was like NMs that you had to walk all the way out to get to yeah it was actually terrifying walking through Corthus and Mordona I was scared of death every time I walked through there at maximum and that's one of the things that I miss about uh, about 1.0 is that there was a sense of danger on certain maps and I think if they opened up uh, the the other areas of Corthus because we've basically only got one fifth of Corthus, right? And the way that yeah. it, and the way that it's named, it's called Central Corthus, so it implies that there's going to be there's more, right? There's Eastern, going to be more Western, right? Middle Eastern, and 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 there's I mean like they if you go to the points on the map where it should connect to another zone, they could easily remove those walls and and open that up, so. That's that's what I I mean we know that the next expansion is is going to be focusing on Ishgard so I think it's a reasonable assumption to to think that we're going to see more parts of Corthus. Yep. But I also but I also think that we're going to start making our way towards Alamigo as well. I'm more interested in Alamigo than I am Corthus cuz I can't stand Ishgard. No. Dumb assholes. <laughs> well, yeah, but they've been teasing at it since 1.0 getting to go in, and we haven't been, so yeah. it's about time. Yeah, seriously. Tease it some more. Let it be in version 6.0. <laughs> it'll be... I can it'll, wait. It'll be the Tavnasia of uh, Final <laughs> oh, Fantasy God. 14. Can't wait till we go to the Far East. Right. Actually, I'm willing to bet Alamigo is going to be something similar to Tavnasia. I think it will be, too. I think it'll probably be... Um, It'll probably be some kind of instance because the the empire is currently seated in in Alamigo, so we're gonna have to mm-hmm. have to get the empire out of there. But I I, I would like to see you know uh, the part of the Garlean territories get opened. I'm more interested in the empire as well. Yeah, I I think the empire is really interesting because. They I mean, have if, awesome gear. Well, not only that, wanna, but but if you if you get really into the lore, like you don't really know if their motivations are entirely bad. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of gray area at this point. What? They believe what they're doing is right. I guess. I just want. A gun shield. <laughs> That's all I want. Fair enough. I want to dual wield gun shields. That would be the best class. Make uh, it happen, Square Enix. So uh, patch two point three five is dropping tomorrow. Tomorrow, well, tomorrow at midnight Eastern is when it's supposed to start. So it'll be live on Tuesday. Okay, so live live on Tuesday. Uh, we don't know. It's very auspicious. We don't know what's going to be in patch two point three five. I was hoping that we would get some preliminary patch notes. You know, one day out of the patch. Uh, but Square Enix has been very quiet about this. Well, and we're going to get uh, the I, new Beastman quests. We do know that. Yep. And apparently we're going to get PvP adjustments. Some frontline adjustments and the epic hunt nerf that's coming. 
Uh, I mean, I, have you heard that somewhere? I have. I have. Okay, I have this. Uh, Where did on, that come from? I on, heard it in the chat. Okay, on Blue Garter, I actually have a link to this. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I meant to link this to you. Where they actually have a list of things that are apparently supposed to be in 2.35. Well, um, I don't see why would we want to see that. I mean, <laughs> and they actually how is that possibly like, relevant? Patches. I mean, okay. I would so call this, that irrelevant. Um, pre-made alliance access for Crystal Tower. Um, mm. Frontlines and Wolves Den job balancing. Yep. Um, Glamour's added to Frontlines. Vote dismiss added to Frontlines. Uh, Ixali Beastmen tribe quests are supposed to be added. Do we, we, just, we, we did just say that. Yep. And... Yeah. Raising multicolored chocobos. Oh, yep. Chocobo feathers. Yeah. And free company housing. You'll be allowed to remove private chambers and chocobo stables from your house, as well as increased amounts of food obtained from gathering and weather forecasters to be added. Weather for Oh. (laughs) (laughs) For that awful system that they added? What is that called? Sightseeing? And the hunter. S ranks. S ranks. Some of them only pop after certain weather effects. So that too. Woo. So it sounds like an epic patch, but really, the only thing that people are really going to be concerned with is this hunt nerf that's coming. That I predict is coming. I want Ixali Beastman tribe quest. It's the only one I haven't done yet. And there's supposed to be like a new bonus quest after you get all of them where you like team up with all the Beastman tribes and do something epic. So they I'm did actually, they did tease that as part of the, yeah, the live I'm letter. Really looking forward to that yes. actually. As am I. Of course you would. Yep. Uh, so that's that's pretty much it for uh, what we know is uh, coming up for Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, once again, the patch uh, drops tomorrow night, Tuesday morning. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. So uh, earlier, uh, let's see, I want to say two weeks ago, about two weeks ago, uh, I had the distinct pleasure to sit down with Susan Calloway. Now. Susan Calloway is the uh, performer uh, that uh, that sings Answers, which is the uh, if if you ever watch the opening cutscene, which I'm assuming everyone has because it's the best cutscene ever. Uh, if you ever watch the opening cutscene, it's the uh, it's the uh, the music track that plays behind it. Uh, and so I got to sit down with Susan Calloway a couple of weeks ago, and uh, here's my interview with her. Uh, well, Susan Calloway joins me right now on Limit Break Radio. Thank you for joining me, Susan. This is a pleasure to have you on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So uh, tell us, how did you first get involved with making and performing music? Well, I've been performing and singing my whole life since I was a little girl, and I've always just loved it. It's always been something that was very natural for me. I used to sit in my room as a little kid and just sing songs, and um, I learned more songs than words I could say, my mom used to say. So they, they knew I was some sort of singing freak of nature <laughs> at a young age. And I, you know, I just kind of grew up doing it. And my parents were great. They encouraged me and they got me into lessons very young. And that had a huge impact on me. And I studied classical music from a very young age, uh, voice and piano. And I think that had a certainly a big impact on me. In fact, that's really helped me with my involvement with Final Fantasy because so much of it is very technically based. Mm -hmm. um, And to not have those kind of chops or training, um, it's really come in handy, you know, because as my career has gone on, I've pursued more like pop and Mm -hmm. rock and stuff like that. And 
I'm definitely more of a, you know, kind of a rock chick at heart. Uh, so doing that kind of stuff I love, but it is a little more challenging. So sure, sure. Good, good preparation for me. So yeah, having having that that natural talent and and ability, you know, you see some people come into the studio and 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 right off the bat, they're just raw performers, but they don't have the discipline right. um, for, uh, you know, for for big, huge pieces, something like answers. Um, so I, I could imagine that that uh, that that kind of context would uh, would really help a lot. Um, so so uh, in your early days of performing, you had a band called Red Sea. I did. I yeah. did. That's when I was when I was pretty young at that point. I was About how old were you? Ah, uh, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> I think it started when I was like maybe 17, yeah. 18. Yeah, so I was pretty I was just barely barely out of high school. <laughs> so yeah, that was my first thing, but uh no, it was great. It was a great experience and uh uh it was, you know, we were together. I I can't remember. It all blurs together how mm-hmm. long specifically, but you know, like 5 or 6 years, but that that band actually did really well and but I think one thing I learned in that experience is that I was more of a solo artist than a band member, so to speak. And sure. that was always, um, I, I mean, the guys in the band were so talented. I learned from a lot of them because I was kind of the baby. So it was a great learning experience. But I definitely learned also that I think what I'm doing now is more true to who I am, you know, which is what you have to figure out as an artist. You know, you try stuff until you find what works for you. and Sure. What feels right. So And, and how did you make the jump to performing Final Fantasy-based music? Well, um, as I have gone about pursuing my own solo Susan stuff through the years, I've also done a lot of session work, you know, for different people. And I had known Arnie, uh, Arnie Roth, who is the orchestrator for a lot of the music now. Grammy award winning. Yes, he's fantastic. But he was a friend and someone I'd done some work for. And, and when he first was introduced to Naboo in this project, they were really looking for a singer. And he mm-hmm. was working on some audio CDs at the time. And, you know, they I think they've been having, you know, Naboo really, I think, was looking for someone that was going to give things a little different approach, like more American kind of mainstream pop sounding singer, which he hadn't really done before. You know, I know their Angela Aki was probably the closest one, you mm-hmm. know, but um, and she's fabulous. Uh, but anyway, he was looking for something like that to to work on these songs. And so I did some down, you know, I he sent me the music and in my own studio, I just laid down some vocals and stuff and Nobu really liked it. And so they ended up releasing this audio CD and the fans really received it well, which was great because we knew it all, you know, you, you live and die by the fans with this game. And we know that you absolutely because the fans have to like it. And if they don't like it, then, you know, which I'm very honored because, you know, that didn't have to go well for me. I mean, I know I'm a solid singer, but that doesn't necessarily mean anyone's going to like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the biggest thing that I tried to do with this stuff is uh, really just give it heart and soul because I feel like, you know, meeting, especially after now meeting so many of the fans and stuff, I mean, there's a real passion for this game and a passion for the music. And I think um, possibly that was something that maybe wasn't always there with some of the singers that have worked on the game over the years. And and uh, that was something that was really important to me because I knew it was like such a big moment for them. And these songs meant so much to them that I really really tried to enter into like what those songs really meant and what was happening in the game and and tried to even do a little bit of research so I understood you know what they were saying and I think that's that helped me to deliver what I was trying to do you know so that would you know it would mean something you know so so your involvement with distant worlds sort of grew out of out of that project it did it did and then because then from there they, they hadn't even done a live show yet and then from there there was like a live concert and Arnie was like, well, you know, we're doing this show. Why don't you come and just sing, you know, a couple of the songs from the CD? And I did, and it went really well. And yeah, at just... the time, I remember it being extraordinarily popular. And, and yeah. I, I, you know, I, I had been uh, very 
tuned into uh you know the distant world scene just as it started popping up and uh and yeah there was so much enthusiasm for the live music you you had you had shows like video games live that were kind of touring and having mm-hmm. some some success and and then here comes distant worlds and the reaction from fans and uh the the lines how quickly tickets would sell out oh it's been just i can't believe it it's really and i think i think even arnie i mean he's really he's been thrilled with the success of it and, and you know and he's fantastic i mean he's not only a great orchestrator but he's a great showman and mm-hmm. he really puts on a show and he's very good with the crowd and that makes all for the bet, you know, all for the entertainment of Absolutely. what's happening. So, Absolutely. Yeah. For listeners that have never been to a Distant World show, it is more than simply watching some amazing musicians perform live on stage. There's also a great visual presentation for oh, each yeah. one of the uh, for each one of the themes, and um, it's uh, it really is an experience and and one that should not be missed. So if if you have the opportunity, <laughs> uh, you should Please absolutely come. absolutely go. <laughs> see distant worlds so um at distant worlds uh you've performed uh uh memoria de la stona mm-hmm. melodies of life and suteki dane mm-hmm. uh and uh those those must have been hugely fun are, are are any of those specifically challenging songs for you i think memoria de la stona is beautiful it is a little bit challenging just because it, it requires like almost a three octave range to sing so yeah. i mean it's it can really uh it's definitely one of those songs when I see it on the uh, list of what we're performing. I'm like, okay, I better really practice before this show, you know. But I, it's a beautiful song, though, and I do enjoy performing it. I mean, they're all they're all so different, and they all have, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, I think where it gets funny is sometimes the uh, English uh, versions of some of these when they're originally have been done in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's been kind of, that's been a little bit of, a frustration, I think, and I think some of the fans get frustrated too. With well, obviously, I don't speak Japanese, so I work with the best I I can. <laughs> <laughs> I think I say Sutaki Dane correctly. I always check with Nobu. He says I'm all right, so I don't know. But well, I, and and he always, would he would be the one to know. <laughs> yeah, because I always tell him tell him I'm like tell me because I want to do it right. But yeah, so yeah, those three, and then I do uh, of course answers and. Kiss me goodbye. So had, well. had had you been familiar with the Final Fantasy series before becoming involved with uh, with the musical end of it? I had heard of it, but no, I I and not for any specific reason, not right. but just I've you know I've I've always been a pretty busy girl, you know, between <laughs> going to school and then my my music and sure. spending time writing songs. Like any free time I have, I write music, and I'm kind of deep in that. So it hasn't allowed for a lot of like. <laughs> Other hobbies, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so to speak. That's that's totally understandable. Um, and and I think what's uh, what's really incredible is that um, even you know even for maybe not not uh, experiencing the games firsthand, you do uh, put a lot of emotion into your performance of uh, of these songs. Um, so through your involvement uh, with Distant Worlds and uh, with with Arnie and uh, Nabuo, uh, you were asked to do the theme song. For Final Fantasy XIV, answers. Yes. And so, what was what was that like? Uh, going from uh, performing music that had had been done, but to actually working with Nabuo and crafting something new. It was awesome. It was it was great, and uh, I did get to have a little a little uh, 
suggestion about the key and everything, which was kind of mm-hmm. nice, <laughs> instead of having to change it after. So <laughs> that was kind of nice because he was real concerned about it being something that was an uncomfortable key for me. Um, but again, that still is a challenging one to sing because it goes all over the place. So you have to be careful what key you pick because, you know, it's all relative. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great working with him on that. Um, I mean, he's just such a brilliant guy. And we did that actually in Arnie's studio in Chicago. That's where we cut it. And a lot of the orchestration had already been done, so it was kind of just a matter of me coming in after the fact, which is real different than how I usually work on my music. So mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to work on it that way because I almost feel like I had, you know, less involvement than I normally would in like something I was doing on. Did my you own. did you record it with that epic choir? No, that was uh, I, they record that separately. That was um, I'm trying to think. You know, I should know this. <laughs> I'm not even sure <laughs> who. Uh, who recorded that choir? I mean, well, I know Arnie did. I just, I'm not sure where he did it. Sure. Or what orchestra, because he's recorded with several different orchestras in different, uh, you know, countries. So. Uh, and, and when was Answers recorded? Oh, wow. Well, before 14 came out originally. Yes. And then, of course, it was kind of re reissued, mm-hmm. as we all know, because I know there were technical problems. So yes, yeah. It's, um, it's been a couple years now. Well, and the, the reason that I ask is uh, because uh, Answers was, in fact, recorded for the first version of Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. and uh, fans, if if they want to go back and, and rewatch some of the old cutscenes, you can hear hints of the song uh, in in the very first uh, cutscene for uh, for all of the nations and and so um, what I find really fascinating about answers is how well it went with the end of the uh, end of an era uh, cutscene the 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 transition from 1.0 to, to 2.0 mm-hmm. uh, and and the reboot of the game could you uh, I mean at the time of recording there I mean None of this was planned. This no. was this was so, you know, this no. was as a response to how the game performed. Exactly. And, and happy accident that that worked like that. Yeah, we were of course, happy because we wanted them to keep the song. So that sure, was great. sure. And and I, I and I have to say that that specifically that cutscene, the end of the, the end of an era cutscene, uh, is probably one of the most epic and awe-inspiring cutscenes I've ever experienced in all of gaming. Now, I, I mean, granted, I'm a little bit biased <laughs> because I run a Final Fantasy XIV podcast. You're right. But at, even at the time that it was released, so many people who didn't even play Final Fantasy XIV were floored by this scene of absolute destruction. And and as as an avid player of the original Final Fantasy XIV, here's this world that we had spent so much time adventuring in and getting to know and watching it be destroyed uh, to, to this wonderfully beautiful piece of music. Um, it, 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 it was incredibly emotional. Sure. Uh, I, I remember watching that scene several times uh, and it must be, uh, really surprising to see how the, the song ended up being used in the, in the context of the game. Yeah, very much so. I mean, and it's, it, uh, well, and I think a piece like that, it has such a natural, like good versus evil kind of feeling in it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, um, and it's funny, it's even the way the words are in answers. It's a very, um, it's almost like, it's almost like you're an angel looking down on a, on something yeah. and you're kind of describing like in a way, maybe bringing comfort, you mm-hmm. know, to, to what you're seeing below it, but then also like 
trying to give some hope as well. You know, yeah. that, hey, you know, there's all this in the middle of, sometimes in the middle of the of the great big mess can come something really beautiful. Exactly. You know? And that's kind of the theme of that song. I think that's why it's so powerful because in, in a way it's so reflective of our lives, you know, mm-hmm. how sometimes the worst things that, that can happen to us, there can be still hope in the middle of it. As Final Fantasy XIV players, we didn't know, you know, the future was so uncertain at that point. We didn't know how the reboot was going to be received. Is it even possible? No game had ever done, even attempted anything like this mm-hmm. in the past. And, uh, you know, there was there was a whole lot of, of fear and trepidation about, you know, what what is the future of this game going to be? And uh, I, I think for a lot of people, that scene really solidified their interest mm-hmm. in what was going to be coming next. Obviously, great art happens when there's, you know, many people kind of coming together and trying to create something. And, you know, and that's it's a neat thing when you can capture that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, I, I, there are a lot of fan theories uh, going around uh, it, uh, the Final Fantasy 14 community about the meaning of answers and uh, a lot of pages upon pages of, of theories about what that song is is actually supposed to be about and, and oh, represent. Wow. Yeah. Well, they should share it with me because I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I know what it means to me, you know. But uh, Sure, sure. But I wish there was I could tell you there was a magic box that was given to me. <laughs> After the performance, to say this is what it is, keep no. it and don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I will have to read some of that. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us about what you're doing now. Well, what I'm doing now is I have a few things. I'm working on a new CD, um, which I'm very excited about, and it's very, it's really inspired by s- some of the work I've done with Final Fantasy. So I'm really hoping that fans will like it, even though it's not technically Final Fantasy music, and I'm not. It's not orchestrated. It's you know my own orchestration, which is more, you know, piano and a band at times, and some other stuff, kind of cold playish, I guess you could say, maybe a little hints of that and little hints of Adele in there, that kind of direction. Very excited about that, and um, I'm also doing a number of shows with Final Fantasy coming up. I continue to join them on the world tour on many, uh, many of the shows. I don't come to all of them, but a lot of them. I'm doing Vienna in September, and then there's. I'm still waiting to hear about London. We're hoping that's going to work out. I've had a lot of fans wanting to make sure I was <laughs> at that show. Portland, I know Portland's coming up. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe I'm doing Portland. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing. I know there's um, some things on hold for next year, like New York. St. Louis, 
Um, there's Toronto in December. Um, and I think I mentioned Vienna. Chicago is coming up in just in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah. And so I'll be Chicago is always a big one. Yes. So that'll be great. Um, and we'll see. And I've been, you know, there's a possibility. I've been trying to look into maybe coming to the Final Fantasy 14 convention, convention in Las Vegas in October. I've had so many people tweeting me about it. And so I've been. Oh, I, I would imagine. Yeah. So I've been. You know, I'd love to come. So yeah, well, you know. hope, hopefully we'll see you out there. Yeah. Uh, Limit Break Radio will be out at the uh, at the Rio Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, that's October eighteenth, or yeah, October eighteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Awesome. Uh, out at the uh, the Rio Hotel, and hopefully we'll see you out there. That w- yeah, it would I be would amazing it. to have uh, a live performance of of answers. Uh, yeah, I would love to do it. So. I, I think that would that would really put a fine cap on the weekend. Awesome. Um, well, let's get it going. Yeah, let's talk to the people that know and <laughs> absolutely. We know Square <laughs> we'll Enix. We know Square Enix listens to this show. So yeah, that's right. So we're putting the call out now, Square Enix. Let's let's make it happen. Susan Calloway at 2014 <laughs> Fan Fest. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. And, my pleasure. And uh, make sure that you check out her website. That's susancalloway.com. My name's Nero. Thanks for listening. Thank you again, Susan. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks to Susan Calloway for uh, hanging out with us and uh, and agreeing to do that interview. Uh, make sure you check out her website. That's SusanCalloway.com. More information about Distant Worlds can be found at FFDistantWorlds.com. Uh, the two songs that, uh, that Susan performed for us today were Carry Me. That's the song that you just heard. And uh, Time for This. Uh, that uh, recording was done at the studios of WDET in Detroit, Michigan. Thank you to Alex Trujano and Elise, as well as uh, as Jazz for her mix of uh, of the tracks that you heard uh, this afternoon. So if you caught that, she is uh, Susan Calloway has not been asked to perform out at FanFest, which I think is a fucking crime. Terrible. She wants to. She really wants to be out there. She really wants to come out and meet people and and come out to FanFest. So uh, we're we're going to make sure, and by we I mean all all of you guys as well, we're going to make sure that the Square Enix community team knows that we want Susan Calloway to come and perform out at Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival. So do me do me a favor, do Susan a favor, and do FanFest a favor, and head to Twitter and tweet at Matalos, that's M-A-T-T-A-L-O-S, and at Popsicle, P-O-P-S, 
C-I-C-L-E, and let them know. That's that's uh, Matt and Robert. Let them know that you want to see Susan Calloway out at the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival. Uh, use the hashtag BringSusan. And uh, and let's let Square Enix know exactly how much we want to see Susan Calloway perform out at FanFest. Now, I thought this was a, now this I thought this would be a really cool idea. Imagine Susan Calloway singing answers and the crowd being asked to sing the choir parts. Call it the choir of all Eorzea. I guarantee you that there will not be a dry eye in that house. Oh. I guarantee it. I guarantee. Can you just see? Can you? Can, I, I can just I, I picture it in my head. I can see the camera roll and the shot of people who are just weeping while singing God, answers and do, doing 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 their their nation's salute. I mean, come on. It, it, it would be the perfect emotional end cap on the weekend. Make sure it happens. Tweet at Matalos and at Popsicle with the hashtag bring Susan. Let them know how much you want to see Susan Calloway out at the Final Fantasy 14 Fan Festival. Thanks again. Thanks again to Susan Calloway for doing that. That was so nice of her to do that and for Andalisi for helping to set that up. That was so cool. So uh, that, that yeah, that was excellent. I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Nika? Oh, I was going to say she actually retweeted one of my tweets and I was like, Senpai noticed me <laughs> 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 when I was talking about bringing her to FanFest too. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, well, that's and that's that's the one thing that you know I I picked up on in my time with her. She really really digs the fans. So take to Twitter at Susan Calloway. Follow her on Twitter and uh, make sure that uh, that you tag your uh, your posts at uh, Madelos and at Popsicle with Bring Susan. Let's get her out to the Final Fantasy fourteen fan uh, fan fest. That's going to be do it so awesome. So I think that's going to wrap it up for part one here on Limit Break Radio. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, if if you're listening on Twitch TV right now, we're going to be back in uh, a couple of minutes, like maybe 20, 25 minutes uh, f- uh, for part two of Limit Break Radio. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, part two will be released next Tuesday, uh, so you can look forward to that. Make sure that you're checking us out on the web, www.limitbreakradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter, that's at Limit Break Radio, uh, and like us on Facebook. Uh, you can find that at facebook.com slash Limit Break Radio. And while I've got the chance, I want to talk about Facebook posts real quick. Okay, uh, stop it. No, the, I re- we really need we really need the fan base to uh, like and comment on the uh, episode posts that go up on Facebook. Because what here's how it works: it, 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 Facebook uses an algorithm, and uh, posts that get more interaction get get pushed to more people's walls. So uh, if you want to do us a favor and help us get a little bit more exposition, uh, it, it just comment, say, hey, great episode, or just put a thumbs up, put a like. It's a really, it's really easy to do. Just click. Uh, but it's, it's you know, it's really hilarious. Like, Juxta, you'll post your picture of, uh, <laughs> of, of getting your crown, and it'll get like 25 likes, or I'll post my picture of getting, uh, you know, getting my animus weapon, and it'll get 50 likes. And then we'll post 
post no, ep- it got like whatever four. and then we post episode posts and they'll get three or four likes those are the posts that you guys need to be liking those are the important ones um so make sure that you're doing that uh facebook.com slash limit break radio uh follow us on twitch that way you can be a part of these live casts that's twitch.tv slash limit break radio we're going to be taking callers in the second and third parts of the show so if you'd like to call in make sure to send a skype message to the account limit break radio or call 810-515-8715 so that's going to do it for us today here on limit break radio for juxtaposition and nika kayanian i'm a nero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV is a trademark of Square Enix. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV covers at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. 